Welcome to episode 36 of Comic Potluck, your weekly helping of comics and comics culture, where we bring a little something different to the table. When we're not reading comics, we are four artists working in the animation industry, drawing for a living. We are your hosts, Alex Guintas, Tracy Honda, and Peter Cahey. Josh Heron could not be here with us for another episode. Yeah. First it was Peter, neglectful Millie. Now it's Josh. Yeah, Alex, Shirky, you and I Shirley. certainly have never, I've never been absent. Not, I've been on not every one, episode. Every single episode, yeah. even the lost ones, have been there. <laughs> that husband's edition, we wanted to be there. They locked yeah. us in a closet. Yeah, they were like, no, this is husband's. <laughs> <laughs> they did their stupid song. And then it was... It was just me and you for the antagonist edition yeah. with like, you did an excellent Peter impression. By the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it's spot on. So good. Spot the magic so of good. radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the magic of technology. <laughs> uh, this is our very special Pride episode, which marks a year of us uh, having done this. This is our second one. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty great. Our first one had Angel as a, Angel Nova as a very special guest. Shout out to him. Thank yeah, you so good much. friend of the show. He brought a lot to that episode, too. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's one of our best uh, discussions. Yeah. This one, we came in, each of us, with one graphic novel-sized uh, book. Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Each of them had, obviously, uh, LGBTQIA, I think. I think that's all the letters. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, spin on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get started. Also, we are a spoiler-filled podcast, so make sure to read your books beforehand and check out our show notes to avoid spoilers. Good yes. call. Yeah. Good call. Uh, let's start off with some news, actually. Let's do the news up front. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, in some sad news, uh, starting it off right. <laughs> Picking it off well. The sad news of the day is that Steve Ditko, co-creator of characters like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, has passed away uh, this week. At uh, 90. At 90. He was found dead in his home. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so, cause still unknown, but it's not really the important part. Also, the important part is that he was a comics legend who has dictated so much of pop culture to this day. Because, you know, I think Spider-Man is still technically the most popular comic book character on the planet. Uh, second is Batman. But Spider-Man's the first. Wow. Good for Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know about that, but... Uh... That was, that's, how, that's, how, that's how it was a few years ago. Yeah, well, since Metal's kind of outsold a bunch of... <laughs> <laughs> DC Metal will save yeah. us all. Fucking Metal. Uh, uh, I do love Steve Ditko, though. Like, he created, like, all these weird characters. Like, I really creeper? like... The creeper, I love the creeper. Yeah, the, I have, the, the I have a cell. <laughs> yeah, do you? You do. Oh, that's awesome. Eric got it from one of the WB sales. Okay, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, like uh, yeah, Hawk and Dove. The question. I love yes, the question too. I do love yeah. the question. Oh, he made the question. Yeah, oh. all those weird like anti-authoritarian characters are normally Ditko characters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The guy had some strong political views. Yep. Which I appreciate. Yep. Uh, he will be definitely missed. Why couldn't you have taken Trump? (laughs) (laughs) Or anyone else in his cabinet. Anyone. (laughs) Anyone. Just anyone. Yeah. Pick one at random. Uh, On slightly more hopeful. Less somber. Yeah, less somber news. Um, Sony is still announcing Spider-Man casting. And this is for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie that's coming up. They have confirmed that the voice of Spider-Man Noir is going to be Nicolas Cage. Which is... uh, Perfect casting. Yeah. That's so He's good. also in the upcoming Teen Titans movie as <laughs> Superman, Superman, which finally... He is? Yeah. yeah. I did he not. Deep Superman. Easter egg. Oh, yeah. my God. That is a deep Easter egg. Which, I was happy... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. He's always wanted... Like, 
he has a first edition Superman. He's like a huge Superman fan. He well, he's a huge comics Superman. fan. Yeah. yeah. He was gunning for it when Tim Burton was making it, and it was going to be all neon and weird. Yep, look awesome up the pictures costume, of him in the suit. The plexiglass. Yeah. The long hair. Like. There's a documentary on it. Yeah, there so. is. <laughs> I kickstarted that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never see the light of day, because we're getting Dumbo. <laughs> no, I was just happy to know that, first, that Spider-Man noir was going to be in the movie. Yes. And then to learn that Nicolas Cage is the voice is just too good. This, I can already hear it and see it. It's perfect. It's just kind of picturing Big Daddy. <laughs> I'm okay with that, yeah, which is fine. I just want Spider Ham, to be honest. That's all I want. Actually, I'd be very upset if Spider Man wasn't at least a mention. Oh, I said Spider Ham. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I, I meant oh. that. I might have said Spider Ham. Like, I'm, I'm assuming Spider Man into the, into the Spider Verse <laughs> yeah. is going to have at least one Spider Man. But I'm talking about the Ham version. Yeah. Peter Porker forever. I think yeah. If Spider Ham is was that his, is yeah, that his? Oh, Peter Porker. God, he's a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's is true. it like a spider universe? No, it's a, a it's like an anthropomorphic animal universe. Oh. Lockjaw went there recently in yeah. his Lockjaw adventures to find his sister. Cute. Dockjaw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if Spider-Ham is going to show up in any movie ever, it would be this one. Yeah. Animated Spider-Man movie, it's just too perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to announce Spider-Gwen's in it. I mean, they should have. They they have. Oh. Yeah, she was in the last trailer. Oh, my bad. Oh, I'm behind. <laughs> Yay, Spider-Gwen. Yeah, the three we knew about were Spider-Gwen, Miles, and regular Peter Parker. Yeah. Like old Peter Parker. Uh, but Original Coke. All the news that keeps coming from Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, I'm down with. So, Sony, keep it up. You're earning a few points back. Soon you'll be out of the negatives, maybe. Uh, Jumanji Venom's bumped you coming. up. Jumanji bumped you up, but Venom's, Venom's going to knock you up. <laughs> I'm an antagonist. <laughs> I don't want to power. I don't want to hurt nobody. I just want to be left alone in the Unleash your inner anti-hero, guys. Ugh. Okay? Ugh. Okay? <sighs> it looks Ashes like Spawn, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Peter. <laughs> Who hurt you, Peter? Who hurt you? <laughs> Society. Yeah. Uh, should we get into some comics, y'all? Yeah. Get into the... Let's get into the pride part of this. Episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this is one that I genuinely enjoyed. Tracy, you made me cry. Peter, you Aww. made me laugh. Yay. And I made myself cringe. <laughs> so we all get a little bit of something I in think. this one. So, Peter, what was your comic for this week? Uh, my comic this week was nice and light to kick things off. It was Goldie Vance, created by Hope Larson, written by Hope Larson, illustrated by Brittany Williams, colors by Sarah Stern, and covered by Brittany Williams. And it's the story of a young girl who works in a hotel, and she's a valet, but she also, on the side, is a detective, like... But not really. She kind of just like does detective work for the detective guys. Scooby Doo level of yeah, detective. Yeah. Scooby Doo, Nancy <laughs> Drew. Yeah. Detectives yeah. who end with ooh, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Hardy boos. <laughs> the Hardy boos, yes. Yeah. We all know those lovable yeah. characters. <laughs> those scamps. Um, and it's about. Uh, Goldie Vance is not hired, but she eavesdrops or like breaks into, not breaks into, she crashes a client meeting with the detective agency where he's looking for a necklace, and then she takes it upon herself to help this man find his necklace. And she, being the young, smart detective she is, uh, goes on a quest to find it and uncover the truth behind why it's so valuable. Um, Yeah, I... 
I, my initial pick for this week was not going to be Goldie Vance, but then I forget how I stumbled upon it. Did you Google? I did not oh, do that right, this time. Comics, I did not five. do that this time. No, because I went to Comicsology to look for Young Avengers actually because I knew they had gay characters. Oh yeah. And I was like, Marvel's what I know. But then I was like, but maybe I shouldn't do Marvel for Pride. I I believe we did do Young Avengers for Pride last year. We did. Yeah, that's what I also thought too. Um, so because I don't think I was on that Pride issue. I don't no, think that you had joined before. us yet. I don't think so. Before you're full time. But I was like, I that think they BP. may have done Young Avengers already. So. That was BP before Peter. But because <laughs> I looked for it, it was like, here are the titles you might want to look at. So Goldie. Vance was one of them, and it was like a string of LGBTQIA comics. So I picked that one just to be like, that looks adorable. Like, I just liked the art style. It was nice and like cute and cartoony. And then I was like, oh, this is a nice little story. And it's nice and light. And I feel like it's definitely skewed for a young audience. But it's good to have that kind of material for a young audience, too. I had to look up and see how old Goldie is supposed to be. Because that was kind of weirding me out a little bit. Yeah, she's not a because her love interest seemed so much older. Yeah, so I was like, taller. that's yes, but I did not. They're know also that. more developed too. Like, yeah. I don't. I like how Goldie's drawn, but she she looks easily like five years younger. And than the way a lot that she characters. acts is also very like yeah childish. Like, she's small. She's a small person. Yeah, but, but she is sixteen. People. She yeah. is sixteen, and I think everybody else is roughly that age. Yeah, except for the main detective guy who's older. Yeah, but, most of her yeah. peers are. Yeah, yeah, like I thought the girl at the front desk was way older. Yes. Yeah. And she's in high school, too, so maybe like a year. But Goldie's <laughs> just a late bloomer. The one thing I had a problem with that guy is I don't know what era this is supposed to take place in. It seems 1950s, 1960s. Seems yeah. like it. But you know how they talk to the yo-yos, the window washer? Yeah. Like right after that, this guy is like, that. it wouldn't be him. Pretty boy never had to ask for anything in his life. And I was like, okay, first off, that window washer was black. So <laughs> he is not getting shit handed to him. Well, I think it's... I. Um, Unfortunately, think this is an alternate universe. Yeah, probably because yeah, it's like, like an Incredibles world. Yeah, yeah because there's all mixed of the people and colored people everywhere. Because Goldie is uh, half black, half white. Her yes. mother is a mermaid. Her father owns a hotel. He's a hotelier. Oh, yeah. not and not a literal mermaid. One of the ladies that are hired to swim around. In it's tanks. Florida. Yeah, there are. Oh, that was her mom. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was the guy's mom. No, that was hers. I thought. Oh, <laughs> I thought he said that's my mom. Oh no, that that's her. That's Goldie saying that's my mom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah not they're the Russian. <laughs> no, the like the Swedish, Swedish guy, guy that kidnaps. Yeah, well, like the guy who she thought it was, but then it wasn't actually the red him. herring guy. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, red herring guy. No, it was definitely her. It's faster than this. Because uh, then later on they show you the mermaid tail, and then yeah, when she's at home cooking, yeah. the mermaid tail's hanging up to dry. Oh, okay, yeah. It's set off screen, so I didn't know oh. who said it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yep, I believe you. <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's Incredibles world where everything's like a 1950s, 1960s Art Deco kind of feel. Yeah, but it's, but it's inclusive and there's no like there's less know. racism. Yeah, <laughs> there is no racism, <laughs> which is not just realistic. Taking grudges by that yeah. girl she grew up with, who just like wants to see her fail. Yeah, well, that's just reason. a grudge. That's yeah, not like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just full yeah. of grudges. Um, yeah, it was a very cute comic. Um, this one tackles a stolen necklace that goes into like Russian intelligence. Yeah, and, like the plot builds nicely. Like it yeah. starts off like, oh, my jewelry was stolen and you have to recover it. And then it turns into a bigger plot about. Uh, yeah, there's like some clues on the necklace. rocket formula and yeah. secret rocket formula. And, and NASA like, and Russia. The KGB. And, yeah, things like that. So, yeah. Um, 
I I was kind of interested, like, the love interest kind of just appears at one point. Like, she wasn't really introduced they the just, way that they the show her at the are. record shop, and yeah, that's like about early it. Yeah, on, and that guy's like, I'm waiting to go to the art exhibit with her. And then, like, she sees her, and she, like, gets all flush, and she's like, oh, yeah. And then, then like, she's, like, walking behind the alley, and she has, like, a thought bubble of her that's, like, gradually shrinking with each panel. Yeah. 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 So you get that she has, like, a crush on her. I thought that was... I, I like, yeah, and they're done well. Like, she didn't have to come on and say, like, I liked her. Um, yeah, no, just like the way they interact too. Like when they like lightly touch sometimes, or yeah. just like the way she always like blushes when it she was very her. weird reading it, not knowing what her age was. <laughs> well, I thought that the love interest was older because she yeah. had a job, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I thought taller. she was like twenty something. Yeah, well, and this had is a like job too. Yeah, I know, but her dad's the owner, so I figure it's That's just like an like, after school. Right. She's, she's like a valet. That's just nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just employ your kids to do things. Like, yeah. you know. But it's, yeah, they're the same age. So it felt less creepy once I learned that. Yeah. But during, I was like, why are you letting this 12-year-old drive? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I think that's why I didn't question her age is because she was driving and no one was I like, did what not, are you doing? Because my parents let me drive, like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I crashed my dad's uh, truck when I was 12. Oh, my. Um, because we had a farm in the middle of Florida, and my dad had let me drive since I was, like, eight. You could reach the pedals? I was a... Did you see the photos of me? I was a giant. I peaked at nine. <laughs> yeah, I could reach the That pedals. is impressive. Yeah. You're an impressive eight-year-old, Alex. I was a bear of a human being for a very long time. I'm still very awkward looking. So just imagine that. Like, this height that I am now, I was that at ten. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so. also this height at ten. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't matter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was five six at, at ten. So uh, yeah. One day I'll crack five. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Aww. six feet when I was fifth grade. Are you serious? What yeah. the fuck? Oh my god. I was really tall. What do they give you to drink in Ohio? Yeah. Corn? So you're just chugging corn syrup? Yeah. yeah. That yes. half toast crab. <laughs> Delicious. Corn and cow juice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, gross. So that's the reason I didn't think she was young because I didn't start driving until I was like 17. So. Yeah, I, I thought she was. Because it's also in Florida. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> we all know how Florida works. This is, this is Anarchy and chaos. You know, this is how we roll. <laughs> and that's a made up city, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know Florida. It's supposed to be island. It's supposed to be like Port St. Lucie, oh, okay. which is, but they made up the name. Well, there's like there's there's five hotels, but only one's near a gas station. And I was like, oh, this is very specific. Also, but. that's a lie. <laughs> Come on. Not in this alternative world where all the races yeah. are. Where some racism other, doesn't exist. Either. Some other gas station guy would have come in to fuck up his business. Yeah. He just that's that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, what are you, a Rockefeller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I like this series. It's like Goldie's like a really good central character. She's like yeah. really vibrant. Like she kind of like makes the plot happen just by being who she is and yeah. like the big personality. She's very endearing. And you yeah. root, she's someone you root for. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you get him, Goldie. And it's very, like, go-getter, like, I'm just trying to be me, but not in an annoying way, that, yes. which is very easy for a, a comic that slants slightly more young adult. Like, I can see that being very, a fine line to balance, like, a fine line to walk and a very 
uh, easily shifted balance between mm. annoying and like eager. Yeah. So it's it's really well written, but again, it's Hope Larson. So yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and uh, uh, the artist Brittany, I'm sorry, I forget her last name, but she's also the uh, the artist that was on Pat's Blocker Hellcat. Oh uh, so, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So that looks familiar. The artwork is excellent. I yeah. Have to say yeah, it's perfect for this kind of storytelling yeah. too. It's very sweet. Yeah. Um, and still, and like a lot of subtleties in it too. And there's like that that artist like sneaks in a lot of like details into the world like Brittany Williams yes Brittany Williams um like that scene where she and her friend are at the diner eating her friend is like dipping sandwiches in mail yeah that was a big yeah. ass is that a Florida thing what is that no don't you don't you dare don't you I was like what's going Florida. on no I think she just really loves mayonnaise oh god that's fucking gross that's so no. much mayo no that's she's dipping that, that thing like it's ranch sauce thing. no <laughs> although have you ever tried ranch on pizza Yes. A pizza crust. Not on the cheese. That's that's Not gross, everything. dude. It's gross. delicious. <laughs> it's also, I just love that panel. <laughs> oh, yeah. When she catches when the she detective. When she catches him. The yeah. oof panel. Yeah. It's like my favorite Facial expressions are very sweet. <laughs> and I love the colors because it's not, yeah. it's like a relatively limited color palette, but it still feels super rich. Yeah. And the, the color palette kind of feels of that era, too. It's got those, like, teals yeah. and those, like, salmon pinks. And it switches once in a while, too. And yeah. so it's like, a very uniform, but not boring color palette. But, but also not, like, I feel like a lot of... I, I myself tend to have this problem where it's not like a limited color palette. It's like, let me just color everything like the way that it should be. So it tends to be mm. very annoying Un-unified. to look at. Yeah. yeah. This, every image kind of has like a unifying color palette. So yeah. everything feels in the same world. Everything has like a specific lighting. Yeah. So. yeah like even the warm colors are cool. Like yeah. in context with the other colors. They just look warmer, but it's very, very good use of color. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think too like the the universe or the the world within this comic is really well established. Like the town and the hotel all yep. feel like an actual geographical place. Um, they introduce a lot of side characters, and you don't meet them for a lot, but they all they all like they feel have like their they own have lives. Their own. They have their they own. They don't thing. feel yeah. like throwaway characters. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like Gross World where they just run into a character, and you're like, oh, you've had a ton of interactions with this person. Yeah. You know who they are. And like they're interesting enough to like not be boring, but also not pull focus from Goldie. Like yeah. uh, Stripe, is that his name? Skunk. Skunk. Yeah, Skunk. the guy yeah. that she races. Like, yeah, that's a that's a fun character. Yeah. And it was just a throwaway. She raced. Yeah, and I don't know anything about yeah. him other than he's a dick racer. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Hey, skunk. He's like, what? And he's like, I get exactly who he yeah, is. Yeah, I know who this character is. I know what their interaction is going to be, and I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It was a very cute pick. Yeah, and that guy uh, trying to just take that girl out for a date. That's all he wants to do. He just can't do it because he's so broke all the time. Yeah, I was like, I get you, man. I get you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could, I could buy the popcorn. Thank you. I thought it was cute. It yeah. was cute. It was very cute. Yeah. It's a sweet comic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we rate the Ye- for prize? Yeah, let's, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is a regular episode. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would give it an eight out of ten. I think for me. Yeah, I'd give it seven and a half, eight. Um, it's it's a good comic. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're younger too. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, it's an eight out of ten. For a younger person, nine. And I genuinely want to, like, I wouldn't mind picking up more of this and like checking it out every once in a while. Yeah, I think this is like uh, you know a nice relaxing Sunday, a nice 
light, pleasant read. Yeah, I would read volume two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. light, fun, relax. Yeah, yeah. It's seven, it's seven, seven and a half for me. Like, I, I love the artwork. Uh, it's a fun, like the mystery part doesn't fall down on, which is the part where I'm like, I give you props for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really could have just been like, oh, thanks for finding my necklace, and then like another mystery, because that's what I thought was gonna happen. Because in the beginning, she like finds that kid to like set oh, up that yeah. she's good at. I was like, oh, so it's gonna be just like her finding small things. Villain of the week type. Thing yeah, where but then yeah, actually, issue. yeah. Rolls out. Yeah, and then it turns into like a big conspiracy kind of thing. You're like, oh, I didn't think it was gonna the stakes were gonna get this high, but this is fun. Yeah, yeah. where it's yeah. like space is a free territory. It's not owned by anyone. Come join us. I was like, damn. Yeah. All okay, right. I guess I will. <laughs> Thank you. Time to I see go you to Mars. <laughs> I love that his accent was spelled out phonetically anytime he spoke too. It was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good choice, Peter. Yeah. Thank nice you. fun comic. Hey, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Alex, what was your pick for the Pride episode? So, uh, mine was The Once and Future Queen uh, for uh, Dark Horse by Adam P. Nave, uh, DJ Kirkbride, art by Nick Brokenshire, letters by Frank... Vetkovic, sorry if I said your name wrong. There's a C in there that I don't know what it says. <laughs> Kvetkovic, I yeah. Kvetkovic. Um, this one was originally released a couple years ago. Uh, it in 2017, 2016, um, and it was supposed to be uh, its own ongoing series but it got cancelled after two issues and then after the two issues we read the trade paperback which is all five of them that had been written it wasn't released to the full public it was only released as a trade paperback oh okay Uh, okay that explains some stuff yeah so there's a couple of pacing things that we'll get into yeah that was the thing I'm like why is everything going so fast (laughs) right (laughs) yeah also Um, the ending hella confused me but we can get to that too yeah uh, this one's so Rani Arturis, haha, uh, <laughs> is a chess prodigy wait, with no wait. plans to be a leader of any sort, let alone queen. After she pulls the legendary sword Excalibur from the stone, well, no backsies. Now she must <laughs> form a new round table made of friends and family to protect the earth from an invasion of fairies who'd like to call the planet their new home. Uh, It's magic. It has some romance. It has some adventure. um, But it's basically supposed to be Chick Excalibur saves Chick uh, King Arthur. Um, Queen Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Once in Future Queen, which I think the original title of the story is the Once in Future King. Yeah. And that's about Excalibur. And this one, um, there is a British Gwen, which is supposed to be Guinevere, and there is a African-American Lance, which is supposed to be Lancelot. Um, Normally, that story is played out as a love triangle between Arthur, Guinevere, and Lancelot, and this one kind of fixes it because (laughs) they're in a polyamorous relationship, and Lance is asexual, and Guinevere is... I guess I don't know if she was pan or bi or she's, a lesbian. Yeah, she's very open in the book to having uh, Ranny be in a relationship with Lance, which is yeah. Even though she's not interested in Lance, she's okay with Ranny being interested. In yeah, Lance. yeah. Which, I don't know. <laughs> like, how did you guys feel about just up front being like, "Oh, that guy's asexual"? Because uh, at first, I'm like. I didn't know that. I would rather have, like, kind of discovered, discovered it. it. Mm. See, I feel like a lot of the problems with this book were pacing. Uh, yeah. And it was canceled after two issues. So I guess you could blame a lot of the things like that. 
on on the fact that it was canceled so early, so they felt like they had to just dump everything into it. But after rereading the first two issues, I don't think you can blame all of it on just the fact that it was canceled early. Not all of it, but a lot of it. A lot of it, but it feels like... It feels very much like the problems that I had with reading America, where wow. a lot of these things are just said yeah, so and many then they move happen. on. And it's like, bam, pow, uh, now we're at our parents' house. Now we're over here. And now we have magic stones that we could travel from place to place. Stepping and now we have, like, the Fae. Yeah. And here's Morgana. Here's, and here's motorcycles and more weapons. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And now you have an axe. Now you have, like, a samurai sword for some yeah. weird-ass yeah. reason. And now there's Space Merlin, who we don't ever really, like, discuss any I, of this I, stuff. I, I like Space I think Space Merlin's my favorite character. He reminds me of the Black Hammer character. I was just going yeah. yeah. So. So that's the only Colonel reason Stranger. I like him. But uh, kind of weird. Kind of yeah. weird. But yeah, it it was. It's a very. It feels like they had a lot of interesting ideas, but they had no idea where to go with it. And then it was canceled, so they kind of just threw everything together. Yeah, like as a modern update of like the King Arthur Camelot mythos, there's a lot of really cool, interesting ideas. Like I like the idea of like solving the love triangle by it just being like a poly relationship. But there's not enough time to get into it so it's just it's like one plot point on the stop point of just barreling toward the end of the story and there's like well, two pages where they take the time to just like fully explain what's happening yeah like but also it's like just two pages of explanation yeah exactly like just complete like, it's just characters saying things boom 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 and it's like okay but you can't write it like you write a novel uh, also you can't write it as an outline and then not like pay off also the relationship with her and Gwen, it's like she blushes at her and then they kiss once and then they're in bed together the next yeah, day. Yeah, they are. It's very, very rushed. Like, at least Lance, she kind of seems to know him from before. Yeah, it's they went to, they high went to school, school together. together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like, she just jumps into these relationships very quickly. And I get yeah. that she's supposed to be, she like, 17, around. 18, but, like, damn, girl. She's 19. She's 19. Yeah, that okay. was... She kind of reminds me of Nico Minoru from uh, <laughs> from Runaways because, like, she's got the same spiky hair going on. Okay. And, like, Nico's problem is always, like, maybe I like this dude. No, I like this dude now. Um, And, like, that uncertain, I know I should be the leader, but I don't know how to do that yet. Um, So, like, there are, like, interesting things about her. I just wish we had more time to spend on it. Yeah. You know. Also, they introduce her parents. Like, she's a mixed-race child of an Indian mother and a white father. A, a British white father. A British white father. Um, and, like, they introduce a lot of, like, cultural differences, but they never pay off and they never really... It's, like, just these are my folks like they're more of props than anything else yeah like the one time they even addressed it was when they're on the plane to England and they stop and get searched and Ben spoke of yeah. it's because yeah because yeah, she's a brown skin so, people yeah, yeah she's getting searched yeah which again this book had a lot of very interesting plot points but just not yeah, put together right it, I mean the original story is so big and then to do these other changes and new characters on top of it yeah you're just asking for a lot like even the the villain who's basically like a JK Rowling Stephanie Myers King kind of shadows yeah oh no the the lady Morgana oh, Morgana. Morgana yeah um she she that's actually a really cool idea for a villain I like that Super. but like they there's no time to get into it or talk about why she is an author or she like she was a fun character I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely in like, like, deadlines yeah, yeah like that's her motivation <laughs> to go back into the real world but also like she's fighting with the shadow king and then she usurps him and then like it's a lot that in goes five on. issues I feel like the and that was just like, in like the fourth issue yeah. I think that you know she finally 
like she's revealed kind of in the second one and then it doesn't pay off until the fourth one. I think it's the fifth one where she finally kills the shadow. That's like the last issue she kills the shadow king. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They set her up to be the next big bad. Yeah. I like they sort of like even address how quickly this happens because like the Fae, the like other demon guys are like, so is she in charge of that? And then the other one's like, I don't know, man. I don't get into politics. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I like that sometimes the the, like the Fae had like those little like human moments where they're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Or like like when she's like, some of you will get through intact and win the day. And he's like, did he just say some of us would get through? Yeah. And when they open up that portal, like one guy just gets chopped in half and they're like, we lost. <laughs> we Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I like too that one of them is just like, You chopped off my arm and then he just starts hitting her with the arm <laughs> yeah. she chopped off. It's just yeah. They have fun small things. I mentioned earlier too that I love that Morgana was doing magic just like covered in Cheeto dust. Yeah. And she was like casting a spell, like licking her fingers too. Yeah, like, she just yeah. is really into Cheetos. It's very modern witch there to like do Cheeto dust magic. <laughs> I, I have a my thing with the tone of it too is that it never knew because it seemed like Randy and her friends were very serious Mm. but like all of the villains were kind of cartoonish so it's like that juxtaposition of like they're literally chopping off heads and murdering people and stuff like that splash page where they break into the book signing and there's like some random woman got her head cut oh that was was the assistant that was Morgana's assistant oh that's what that was yeah so it's just kind of like it didn't where Goldie Vance had a very specific voice and tone this bounced around a lot of tone so it Mm. was just I don't know a lot of the things didn't hit for me yeah that didn't like I guess everything felt very easy like uh I, I think they just didn't have enough time to do a lot of like, Agreed. oh, we're figuring stuff out because yeah. all of a sudden they're just like super good with weapons and fighting and they can yeah. kill like giant orc creatures and, and they're like, oh, this is our fate. All right, that's fine. That was an interesting idea though with the tattoo weapons. I yeah. liked that. But again, no time. Because yeah. I feel like with the tone shifting too, if you have more time to have a transition from one to the other, it's okay. Shows do that all the time. Futurama sure. does that. But you have to have the, you have to earn it. Yeah, and you yeah. have to have the you have to have that visual storytelling um, acumen. No, you have to have that language set up. You can't just automatically shift things without having that groundwork. It's not. It doesn't work as an audience. It kind of loses you. It breaks you out of it. You start going like, "Wait, what?" You know, which is the one thing you don't want. You don't want to lose your audience or make them get out of that. Yeah, the other thing that confused me was the end when they had the final fight when she does, like, the light shield thing. What did that do? And also, why did all the Fae suddenly turn against Morgana Le Fay? Was that because of the light shield? Because they like, she's like, oh, wait, Excalibur's an idea. What if I use the idea I as a think, thing? I think the whole point was that... Merlin at some point says that no, the Fae aren't inherently evil. It's just kind of who runs them and who they get their ideas from. Because it acted, it looked like they turned on Morgana because of uh, Rami, but but I also it looked like they just discovered she was plotting against the Shadow King. After yeah, all. I think that's when she chose like a, to reveal herself. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you're here. Oh, you're you're the betrayer, kind of a thing. Yeah, I thought they knew she was over there. She was in human disguise. Though, I was real confused. Um, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, yeah, because a- after she does the shield, though, she was like Excalibur's changed somehow. It feels different. But yeah. now it's kind of just a sword. But yeah. But yeah. What? Yeah. I was confused. I mean, again. Yeah. It, got it was. Yeah. It was, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, lot, lots of fun ideas. It just needed more than five issues yeah. to, to pay it off. Because also the Fae could have come out as way more sympathetic. Because the backstory they got was that they ran out all the resources in their world, so they needed to move to Earth. But they played it like they just wanted Earth for funsies. Like, that didn't come up a lot. Yeah, they, I didn't get any desperation. Yeah, like, or, if they're like, we need to go there. If they I were know like, this sounds kind of nerdy. <laughs> Us? What? Huh? But uh, in War- in Warcraft, yeah, no, nope, uh-huh. you're the right. Horde, which uh-huh. are the bad guys, quote unquote, the orcs, their planet is dying. So one of the reasons why they start invading Earth or Azeroth is because their planet's dying. They find a portal, they go through, and they're just trying to survive. But to humans, that's an invasion of a random ass species. Yeah. You know, with a new culture yep. who doesn't speak their language. That is what so I thought. So, if of. you played something like that, that would have been far more interesting. Or, or than watch just... the Warcraft movie. No, <laughs> I did no, that. I no, did that. That's on you and China. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because they're making a sequel because of you and China. Uh, I watched it. It was on HBO Now. Was that like, blood is on your hands. That's still on you, Peter. <laughs> HBO uh, Now doesn't mean HBO Watch this, Peter. Uh, <laughs> we did watch Suicide, Suicide Squad on HBO Now, Alex. Ooh. And it almost killed me, you guys. The Scarborough. Burns. The scar burns. <laughs> it's glowing red right now. Oh, God. My neck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that movie still traumatizes me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like a lot of potential. It just, it, it unfortunately just needed more time. Yeah. I felt like this would have been good as a webcomic. Um, yeah. Oh, keep it going, yeah. Where they have, well, and also you can change the pacing a bit more. Like you can let it breathe. Whereas issue by issue, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it feels weird to spend a page in the parents' kitchen and yeah. then port over to Britain again. And then fight sequence, and then training montage, and then we're in bed together, and then... And then, oh no, my dad my dad got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, we're in the hospital. Which, out. it took me a while to realize, oh, wait, that's Gwen's dad, not Manny's dad. dad. Yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it was another interesting idea that the first Arthur was a fake Arthur, but they, like, don't get into that a lot either. They don't get into but a lot of the things yeah, no that time. are cool that they introduced. Yeah. Which, again. Yeah. Like, we just needed someone to act like they were Arthur, even though he wasn't the true Arthur. Yeah, and you're like, He okay. could never wield Excalibur. <laughs> All like, right. <laughs> cool. So who are those other Gwens and Lancelots? And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. Yeah. And every generation, there is a chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> Or it's like um, Wicked and Divine, and they're just reborn as the Arthurian legends over and over again. Gotta keep murdering each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I am very curious how Gwen was like, yeah, that guy's asexual, because I'm like, where'd you get that from? Like, he just seems like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did he tell he you this like confidence? a normal dude? I don't know. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's a form say of that, outing somebody, right? To just be like, that person's Well, I feel like asexuality is just a very specific very personal thing I don't know like well as most sexuality is I true guess. yeah but it's like how can you tell yeah it's one of those things that's why like, I was very confused asexuals don't have a specific walk <laughs> <laughs> like oh he hasn't like no, all asexuals you haven't seen, I've never seen that person kiss anyone I've so. never seen that person like hump someone it's like yeah. yeah okay that's usually not something that a random stranger from Britain sees some dude that she just met two seconds yeah, ago yeah in, in, in another know. stranger's kitchen it's yeah. because asexuals crab walk that's how yeah. you can tell yeah. it's, it's your secret crab it was his high pitched squeal uh, <laughs> as water hit him <laughs> that alerted us yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't know yeah yeah uh, yeah because my question was uh, I don't know if it's like a refreshing thing uh, 
I do feel like I'm getting older every year because that's true. But like, what? <laughs> Just when characters have to come out and label themselves up front. I feel like that's like a narrative bug to me. Like I just, I think it's, I think it's a kind of like saying like, well, I'm too quirky to do this. I, I feel like it's just specifically calling out a character trait. Yeah. Which there's Goldie Vance didn't do it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't mean to compare the but two. You still got but let's her compare that, the two. That she was interested. Yeah, but in we didn't need like a whole page where she was like, I have feelings for a girl. I think. What does that make me? Yeah. I guess I'm a lesbian, or I guess I'm bisexual, or I guess I'm pansexual. It's but like, also, we don't too, really like you can do you can make a narrative plot point without actually narrating that plot point yeah without spelling it out yeah i'm not saying it is but i I, i'm thinking that doing that for asexuality might be uh, difficult actually because uh, they're like uh what i know of asexuality is that you're just not it taught me a few things but like you still (laughs) you can still fall in love you still want to be with somebody but it'd be hard to communicate that they are that but also not sexually attracted to you without them having to say yeah and i feel like that's not something you just tell all your like random people you meet unless we get an asexual person on here to tell us and if you are please email us with what you think but i also i also again i feel like with other sexualities like as a lesbian i don't go up and being like well you know i definitely fuck that girl am i right guys <laughs> yeah like, because i'm a lesbian because i'm a lesbian <laughs> right. hey that offends me as a lesbian <laughs> now i might say that on the show but it's only two, <laughs> two girls kiss and all that stuff i know it's but yeah but I, yeah but if you're asexual and if you're lance and you want to be with remy and she doesn't know that and you get into a relationship that might actually be something you might want to just tell her because she would have sure. certain expectations about where it but might I mean, go. But you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't like run and be like, hey, I'm interested in you, but I'm asexual. Like, once you get it going, then I think Also, it like, seems like she already knew that. She did. But also, yeah. but Gwen she is didn't the one. know she knew that. But Gwen is the one that's telling her. When did Gwen find out? When Gwen doesn't Gwen know this guy. Her? Yeah. Gwen like, tells her he in just, the book. She just is like, hey, I see the way you guys look at each other. It's uh, when they're in bed together. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, which is very, very strange. Like, they just had sex and she's like, hey, I know you uh, I know we just had sex, but like, let's talk about this guy that we can bring into this. Yeah, He's I also, which I think is very glib towards pansexuality. Yeah, or polyamory. Yeah, um, because and it's kind of just like, well, yeah, we're in a relationship, but you want to be in a relationship with other people. Let's just keep on bringing them in, <laughs> which is not what polyamory is really. So, yeah, because there's there's very little scenes between Gwen and Lance. Yeah, um, and I feel like it. Again, I I'm talking about something that I don't oh, yeah. have a ton like a ton We're of information. Yeah, I mean, again, none of us are polyamorous couples. Yeah, um, but especially like uh, it it feels like oh hey you're asexual that's fine because I have this other lady that's totally good to go in bed so like yeah. it just feels like bring oh, it in yeah <laughs> it's like sister wives almost and yeah, it just yeah. gets weird it's just not acknowledged like it doesn't tell me enough about how that relationship is fulfilling to these characters yeah. It just seems like you're trading on, like, oh, this character's got this and this character's got this. Yeah, they're Pokemon at this point. Yeah. It's like, well, I need another magic card to evolve this. Yeah, exactly. It's very weird. Yeah. 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 Um, What would you guys rate this? Um, I give this, like, a six. (laughs) (laughs) A snake? (laughs) Damn, Tracy. (laughs) A tiny snake. A tiny, tiny tiny snake. snake. I get it. I get it. Tiny snakes. Yes. Uh, Like, six, six and a half. Like, I... There are a lot of really cool, interesting ideas. Uh, I like the art style, too. I think the art style communicates a lot. It just, like you said, they didn't... It... 
I don't want to punish something for having too big of a scope. Yeah, or but I don't know reach. how how much of it we can really blame. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the problems say. that we're having were in the first were two in the issues. first two issues. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna also. I'm with you. Six and a half. Because uh, it wasn't totally neutral. Like it wasn't on, a, on the five. I didn't hate it either. I liked. I did like the ideas, but it, yeah, execution was just not rocky. So it gets more than a mediocre score for me. Yeah, I'm giving it a six um, for the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think it's another one of these books that skew uh, slightly younger. So even though she's 19, I felt like she was acting like a 15, 16 year old. Yeah. So this might be better for someone that's that age. Yeah. And also Um, when the villains are kind of one dimensional more than some other villains. You can tell they're going for a younger crowd too. Which when it's more like that's the bad guy. Yeah. So. Which I mean, you know, that's that's selling kids a little short. I don't think it's I <laughs> think that's short, though. I think that's just <laughs> how dare you. Some adults are short too, Peter. <laughs> Says the 6, six foot tall 5th grader. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Palma basketball as a fetus. Like yeah. come on, Peter. But no, I mean, yeah, uh, kids understand a lot of stuff, but things written for kids tend to not be as deep as Well, I things. think they're just underestimating their audience. Yeah, which everyone does, which is why, again, you can tell what's written for kids versus yeah, what's which is a not problem. written uh, smartly for kids. Yeah, I mean, I think bad writing like, is bad writing. Yeah, because I mean, like, Zootopia is for kids, but damn. Yeah. Well, Zootopia is an animated movie. Yeah. It's a genre. I don't think it's necessary. Animation is not a genre, Alex. Well, it's like Brad Bird said about Incredibles 2. Um, like, people were saying, this is a kids movie and all this stuff happens. Like, hey, it's an animated movie that's rated PG. Th- that's rated yeah. PG. Those assumptions are on you, friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's on you. If you're taking your children to see this, that's on you. Yeah. I mean, the first Incredibles would like a 33 person death count to it. So, yeah, there's a lot of heavy divorce issues in that, too. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Black Cauldron. Gurky, no. <laughs> <laughs> want Apple? Yeah. That movie is technically for children. Bambi is technically a children's Labyrinth, movie. Dark Crystal. Yeah. Like all of these things are, you know. Brave Little Toaster. Fuck. Ooh, those cars, man. The Secret of Nim. Fucking, oh, the Secret of Nim. Oh. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fern Gully. Rockadoodle. <laughs> <laughs> that one just confused uh, a whole generation. We're always going to come back to Rockadoodle, aren't we? <laughs> Never forget it. Never forget it. <laughs> that did teach you what an aqueduct was. Right? Uh, yeah. It actually did. Yeah. Not an adequate. An aqueduct. Yeah. It goes straight into the city. Oh, you could say it was adequately done. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> no, let's talk more about Rockadoodle. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. This is actually the Rockadoodle special. The sun is shining brightly. Oh. <laughs> sun do shine. You better shine. You better shine. You better shine. Um, so, Tracy. <laughs> What was your pride pick? Um, My pride pick, um, and we've mentioned this on the podcast here and there, Josh and I have been reading it, is Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Um, Volume 1 comprises issues number 1 through 6. This is a DC comic. It's written by Mark Russell, um, same guy who did Flintstones. Uh, Pencils by Mike Feehan, colors by Paul Montz. Um, And basically, this reimagines Snagglepuss and other classic Hanna-Barbera characters uh, doing the MacArthur era of American history, and it, it kind of uses them... Uh, to sign like a political, uh, to sign shine a spot a social, yeah, social political spotlight mm. on a lot of things. And sadly, it's still really, really relevant it's to very our situation. It's extremely, extremely, extremely. Yeah, resonant. I was reading this monthly and re- rereading it all at once. I'm like, this was a really heavy, intense read. So I don't know how it felt to you guys to just read this 
so um, quickly up It front. took me places for sure. I will yeah. say I teared up. I think this, I'm going to go ahead and say it, this was my favorite pick for Pride. Oh, um, this was definitely the best one. It it's was, Mark Russell, man. <laughs> it was written amazingly. He's like a Tennessee Williams kind of yeah. character. <laughs> and um, Cody like, is like uh, Huckleberry Hound, yeah. essentially. Um, there's like Huckleberry. mention of the Stonewall era, which, Jesus Christ, when... Um, Quick, quick draw, draw beats oh, the God. shit out of Huckleberry like, Hound no, at Stonewall. There's mentions of Marilyn Monroe. There's mentions of John Wayne. I thought it was super interesting. Joe DiMaggio. Was it Clint Eastwood? Oh, that was, was John Clint. Wayne. I thought he had the little... Was I wrong? Oh, and it was a cowboy actor. Yeah, yeah. Just a cowboy actor. Joe DiMaggio, the baseball player, shows up. Too. It yeah. was it was reminiscent kind of a fade out in the sense that it interwove yeah. all of these uh, very specific era Hollywood types. Oh, quick drama, bro. But it was... And I didn't think that it would work having these anthropomorphic animals called and, Snagglepuss. Well, <laughs> and they're drawn in this really... I'm going to say off-putting, realistic yeah. way. Like, Quickdraw's hands are terrifying. Oh, yeah, he's got Ninja yeah. Turtle, like, three-finger. He's got, like, yeah, this Yeah, deal. but they're, like, the, the end and hooves. It's like, horrifying. I just thought about him, like, touching Huckleberry's face, and I was just like, oh! I just thought of, like, fingers. whenever they have to kiss. That's yeah. Those horse lips. Yeah. yeah. Um, horse everything. But, um, like, Snagglepuss had a beard, and, like, Huckleberry Hound's fucking, like... Okay, so... His jowls? <laughs> no, no, no. Huckleberry Hound's family life. Oh. His wife finds out that he's having an affair with a man, and instead of going to the police with it, just bans him from ever seeing his son again. Huck Jr. Like... Yeah. And he just shows up to New York a broken husk of a person. Yeah, and, and his whole thing was like, I grew up as a, a fatherless pup, and I never wanted that to happen to my kid, but... <sighs> I paid for that by being who I am, and now I'm just... Yeah. And there's a whole sequence where he's like, I'm in New York, I'm going to live up my life, and he approaches, like, a young man oh. on his own. <laughs> and Except he doesn't, like... Uh, and he, he hits on this guy, and this is just a random New York dude, and... Beats the shit yep. out of him. Just punches him square in the dog face. Yeah. 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 Um, it, what happens to Huckleberry Hound in this is... Tragic. So tragic. Um, and I guess, basically... Uh, he gets called out. Uh, he gets caught in this raid that they were trying to catch Snagglepuss at a gay bar at. Yeah. And uh, Huckleberry Hound's name is all over the papers. He ends up committing suicide because he can't live with the shame and this fear in his life anymore. Like the, the man think, that he. Had I don't chosen. think it was shame. I think it was more just like it he's was, like, oh, I know that I'll never be. Yeah. Sorry, happy. it wasn't shame. Yeah. It's it was because, just this yeah. is the world I'm in. I can't. It the won't world wouldn't me. let him exist. Yeah. They won't let him write. They won't let him go out. They won't let him do anything. So he's yeah. stuck. And the man that he had kind of opened up his heart to again, Quick Draw McGraw, yeah. was the one who beat him and turned him in. Yeah. And I think he said it too when uh, Snagglepuss tried to get him to move in. He was like, you can move the fishbowl to another place. It's still a fishbowl. Like, I'm still stuck. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, later on, Quick Draw gets outed either way. Yep. Yeah. He gets caught with someone else and he has to leave the force. Like, yeah. Which is what he was afraid of when he beat the shit out of uh, Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Yeah. And I think generally the whole arc of this comic is about standing up for what you believe in. Because Snagglepuss goes from being like, I'm in theater. 
like this is what I'm for is to do these plays and like show the world through these plays what I'm about. Yeah. I don't have to take a stand or anything else outside of that. Like I am the plays and this is art and that's all that matters. Yeah, and he kind of comes art is subversive in and of itself. Yeah. So that's all the subversion that I need. I don't need to make a political yeah. statement because my art is already a political statement. And actually he goes to Washington to play ball with the um, Un-American Council Act people and he's on the phone with his wife and before he's like I have to do it because I have to save Huck and then she's like Huck is dead and yeah. then that's the switch where that flicks where he's like alright fuck the whole council I'm just gonna say what I want yeah. because he's no reason to defend anybody anymore and he takes a stand and it, it basically ruins him and destroys it destroys his career um, I think one of the quotes is our only choice in this life is to change the world or be destroyed by it and the whole issue number six is kind of like an epilogue wrap yeah, up. It's like you, five years later? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he five says, years I haven't later. been a writer for five years. Yeah, he looks disheveled. His clothes isn't nice anymore. He's um, divorced from his wife, who they were never really married anyway. Yeah. And, and they show her marrying like another actor, which he's like, ah, oh, well, well, I'll Good be. For her. He's very happy about it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because yeah, he says, like, I really did love you. The bear yeah. from the Stonewall Inn, like, who got. Yeah, his, he, he act, lost his he eye. Lost it, which is. And he's still working there. He's great. He was still working working there and he was saying like yeah you you think that you didn't do anything by doing this but really you just showed us that we can fight whereas before we were just hiding yeah yeah the idea is like you don't fight the system to win you fight to show that people can fight back yeah. and that's yeah. the hope and the spark that you need for progress to yeah, move yeah. forward he said like yeah. because it was so broadly covered it showed people that places like the Stonewall can exist yeah so then more of them sprung up yeah and they showed these other bars uh, popping up too like it it's yeah. it's a message of hope in the end, but it's a lot of like uh, standing up to the face of adversity and odds you know you're never going to yeah. overcome. Like, but you have to do it for your principles. You can't just exactly. stand by. I mean, what was the quote? Like, you can go ahead and die, or you can go ahead and fight. Yeah. Something like that. I felt bad for. Is his name Squid Diddly? Uh, Squid Diddly. Squid Diddly. Yeah. yeah, I thought that he had he to was, go back to his nursing home circuit. Yeah, but he seemed okay. Like, yeah, he, he was okay, but he wasn't like a super intelligent person. I feel like he was kind of just happy with his lot like, in life. I was like, oh yeah, after that I couldn't get work in theater anymore, so I'm back on my nursing home circuit. I was like, oh. Squid, I did not know that the old man that he was visiting was his father. I yeah. super did. Yeah, at the very end I'm like, oh. Yeah. Because I, I assumed so fast. I assumed that anybody would be like, my son was a pink lion. You're a pink lion. Huh. I think he had Alzheimer's. He did. Um, he did. Okay. I think yeah. that's why I caught it because my grandma had Alzheimer's. So I was like, okay, so he does not know that I that is his son. I didn't know, but it was just kind of one of those like, damn, Snagglepuss, you were like, you're just trying to make it good. Like, you're just trying to live the best life as you can as like a closeted gay man in like the 1950s. Yeah, you're doing what you can. Like, um, well, and what did you think about Snagglepuss's boyfriend, who's uh, uh who ended up being from Cuba? Oh, well, was he Che? No. no, 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 no. Pablo. Che Guevara was Argentinian. Oh, right. Um, yeah, he... And Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the problem that I had is that it seems like Pablo went to Cuba and then lived his best life. But Cuba, like, even though Batista was very anti-gay, Fidel Castro was extremely anti-gay. Like, he rounded up people and murdered them. Mm. So it's not like it was much better under Castro. That's all I... I was just like, that's not much better. Like, communism <laughs> isn't, isn't much better. It's still a totalitarian dictatorship. Like, it's still super oppressive. Like, you, you weren't allowed to have any kind of religion. You were, you know... 
Like, that's why all Miami Cubans are Catholic, because it was a fuck you to communism. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My that. mom was like, I don't believe it, but it's still a fuck <laughs> you. So It's still a stance. You're getting baptized. Yeah. So. Uh, what about the, and I forget her name, but the woman whose mission it was to ruin Snagglepuss? Who ended up being a lesbian. Yeah. I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> I never married. I live at home with a roommate. <laughs> well, she never, like, you could, like, as soon as she said that this country is more of my my job, I was like, huh, I wonder. And then her and her, like, her roommate. roommate. Yes. Yeah. I was like, you! What the fuck? Yeah, but I mean, when, when she hears that Huckleberry committed suicide, she's generally distressed, but it's like, you knew that could happen. You destroyed this man. You sent them into a quote-unquote den of depravity. Like, you specifically called it out as this. Yeah. Knowing... Yeah. What you are and who you are. But she, you can't, yeah, you can see that she's actually affected by that. Yeah, news. after you pulled the trigger. Yeah, it's still totally her fault, but yeah. like, yeah, she wasn't intending that. Yeah, well. She's still an asshole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this, this whole culture, like, there's so many things that are current, too, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, there's the culture war thing. Uh,. <sighs> It's, it's kind of depressing to see that we're just kind of back. Back there again? I mean, I've always... I had a history teacher that once said that history is a pendulum. It's always swinging one way or the other. It never goes completely back to where it was, but it never goes, you know, completely the opposite way. Usually it's somewhere in the middle and you're always constantly fighting the same kind of battles. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so. we elect a very liberal president and then... The uh, backlash to that yeah. is Eight that... Eight years of comfort and... Relative ease, and then fucking. I mean, yeah, it depended on where you were. Yeah, relative. Yeah, Um, but like now you have a huge cultural backlash to all of that because a couple people were too bored to vote. Yep, it doesn't matter. It's all sham. Yeah, Yeah, Um, voting is a broken system. Why support it? Yeah, but this whole idea about like, well, you can't, you can't tell these kind of stories because that's helping the enemy. It's the same thing as. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you can't publish those kind of stories because they're fake and it, like it's there's a lot of really good like bon mots and witticisms you need to show Americans doing American things yeah <laughs> get off my land so I throw corn now <laughs> <laughs> all the Khrushchev stuff is yeah. delightful yeah. <laughs> and Nixon I, I oh, we gotta get that fucking spinning chicken yeah. <laughs> make sure that's there that yeah. better be there yeah um, and even then like they, they toss in all these like historical asides that really kind of highlight how dire the situation is like the first uh, issue kind of cuts between the Rosenberg uh, execution oh my and god honestly like I didn't realize that I had to look this up afterward I didn't realize the Rosenbergs were the people that were responsible for passing on yep, the were. information about the hydrogen bomb to Russia yep. um, it's played off like they're innocent in the comic I think or like it's it's played more that we're supposed to think that they're innocent I think yeah. but the, the idea of like it starts off with like a very uh upper middle class couple being like, I got the hottest tickets in town. Yeah. 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 And it's to see an execution of uh, uh, traitors to the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or even when uh, uh, Khrushchev is talking about how he got to power and stayed in power. And you're kind of like, you draw first. Yeah. Yep. And then when I became the leader, I made sure I executed those guys. You're like, and then Nixon just talking about how capitalism, yeah, like we just make sure that the something about victims like we just make sure that the the victims contribute to it something like, like that yeah yeah so, so it's like, a bit of like Russia certainly improves on things but America makes new things 
Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, but you're just profiting off of the victims. And oh, stuff. yeah, yeah. I Sorry, I have the quote. Capitalism doesn't make you creative. It just makes you better at commodifying your victims. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. Is. It just, it, it lets you point out who the subversives are and the people that you should be coming after next. Yeah. All of your culture makers. and Yeah. Yeah. Which feels like that's currently what's going on, which is... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there's stuff, too, that feels like it's written specifically about our current president. Like, <laughs> the clown is Obviously. a joke to everyone except the clown. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, mm. I can't remember it specifically, but there was definitely a line in there where I was like, okay, that is an obvious dig at Trump. It was like something about the new person in charge. Except I think yeah. this was completed pretty recently. Yeah. So this means that it was written probably before he was elected. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that this probably was all happening during the campaign. Oh, and they could just see that okay. he was going to win. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, y- you can smell a turd from a mile away. Yeah. So. Also, too, it's a less uh, horrifying echo, but like that's when cartoons were taking off by the end of the book, too. And cartoons are kind of on the rise again. So it's another kind of yeah, echo. People want to retreat to something cappy and two-dimensional. Yeah. And- like Quick Draw was like, we can't make these things fast enough, where he like had his cartoon version up yeah. finally. I love, too, though, that he says, like, yeah, but I'm a writer. I can't. And it's like, you can make this as subversive as you want to be, <laughs> which a lot of cartoons nowadays are as subversive as you want it to be. They yeah. can be True. stupid and silly, or they can be really heartbreaking and really deep. Yeah, and like this last 10 years, I think we've seen this renaissance of TV or TV's where you want to be to tell these complicated yeah. stories and yep. plot lines now. Because yeah. even in the 90s and early 2000s, it was that movie actors were like, no TV, yeah. I'm you're not touching it. that. If you go down there, you fail as, a Mac, as an actor because you're not in the movies. That, but now it's like a dash, like I need to get on the show. That Tom Hanks joke from 30 Rock where uh, oh, Tracy Tracy. Jordan, <laughs> he just won an Oscar and no, he can do no wrong. And then they're like, wait, Tracy's back on television? Oh, God, get Pitt. He's off the <laughs> A-listers close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's totally flipped from that. Now, yeah. serious actors love being on, like, Netflix shows or HBO shows, like, anything where you can, like, take time to tell a complex story. Well, I think, too, it's that because movies now are so tentpole, if they're not, like, these big blockbuster guaranteed to make millions and millions of dollars, they just Superheroes will not get... Yeah, like, Solo's considered a flop, which is insane. It made so much money, really. Right, but it just broke even. Yeah, like, yeah. making $300 million is a failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas movies and, like, television can... Like, television movies and, like, short runs, uh, miniseries and things like that. And animated shows. You're allowed to say Sad horse shows, maybe. Sad horse shows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I also think that, that art style at first was really off-putting to me with uh, these really grotesque-looking, like, anthropomorphic animals. Their hands. Like, like with the nails. Like, there's, like, it really one scene me. where you see um, uh, uh, Snagglepuss and Huckleberry Hound full body. Yeah, they're both not wearing pants. And they both have, like, super long, like, their legs are, like, half the size of their full body. Yeah. And it's like muscular, like human type legs. Yeah. With like, but like dog paws and cat feet at the ends. And it's like, what? And I'm not wearing pants because they don't. The one that bothered me was Peter Potamus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every time he opened his mouth, I'm like, it's just, it's just like the yeah. actual the hippo. Far mouth. worst yeah. was Squidly Diddly. Yeah. That was With horrifying. his big pop eyes. Yeah. Like, oof. Oh, yeah. yeah. Squidly Diddly was weird. Human yeah. face on a weird squid body thing uh, with, with teeth too everything with teeth but it grew on me yeah, yeah. it works. especially once it started like once the story really gets burning you forget about the style which I mean the first the issue already started yeah out. it's already sizzling yeah and I and 
when I reread this again for this podcast, I was kind of like, maybe these like animals are kind of supposed, they're supposed to appear monstrous to us at first and we come to view them as actual full people. Like maybe it's like an extended visual metaphor for. That's extremely possible. Yeah. So I, it the works. people are really the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> the monsters are inside of all of us. Yeah. You know. Except for those hoof hands. Oh, but Huckleberry's idea of heaven was so sad though. Well, he doesn't know if it exists or not. Yeah, yeah. His, his idea of heaven is a giant waiting room where we all just wait until everyone on earth is dead. Yeah. And then everyone can apologize. Everyone who's owed an apology gets it, and everybody who owes an apology gives it. And yep. then you disappear into dust. Then we all stop existing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, but, oh his oh. letter. He was oh, like, Huck. take care of Huck Jr. I, it was weird, though, because I, I had him thinking, I had him talking as if he were Truman Capote. <laughs> <laughs> so it yes. kind of, when he was like, hello, young gentleman, what are you doing, sir? Oh, I just heard him as Huckleberry Hound from the cartoons. Oh, I, I didn't. So, yeah. It was hard to hear, like, the cartoon Snagglepuss. That I could not do. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Mostly because he didn't throw in the word even enough. Because, like, Snagglepuss <laughs> would do that all the time. He'd be like, it's ridiculous, preposterous even. Oh, yeah, And, like, yeah, since yeah. that never happened, I couldn't, like, fit the voice to it. Huckleberry was easier, though. Yeah, Huckleberry's really easy. And I'm glad that Huckleberry Jr got to help with the cartoons. And yeah. Like quick so draw brought up. Technically, the Huckleberry that we know is Huckleberry Jr., yeah. the original Huck's son. Yeah. Who took his father's name and... He's like, what do you want to be known in as? Remembrance. Huckleberry yeah. Hound works for me. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, really good pick, Trace. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm glad we were this. Like, we've talked about individual issues here and there, but, yeah. like, it's it's a long, wordy, heavy read, but... But worth it. It's a heavy yeah. read, but it's also extremely worth it. It's such a strong reaction when Quick Drop beat the shit out of Huckleberry. What would you rate this? Man. <sighs> like, nine and a half... Like, why isn't it a 10? That's what I'm trying like to figure one, out. No, like, I'm trying to figure out why. if it's not, like, <laughs> I don't actually have, okay, I'm just going to go with 10 then. <laughs> yeah. You can't give me yeah. a reason why yeah. it's not 10? A 10. Then it's a 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 I think, for me. I think it's a 10. I think it's a perfect, like, six issues of just pure, like, literary gold. It's really, really well done. Especially I think the only reason I would give it a nine and a half was because of the artwork might be off-putting, but it grew on me, so it's definitely a yeah, 10. Yeah, I can justify the art style in the yeah. end, so. Yeah, yeah. so Josh has to read it, otherwise this joins the 10 list with My Favorite Thing is Monsters yeah. and Black Hammer. Uh, a few other things? Uh, oh, Alex, did you ever get to finish Judas? Because that was the other one that was like the honorary oh, yeah. maybe it was No, I have not finished it. It could be in the 10 to. club if you give I it finish the 10. It. So Josh will finish reading this and I will finish reading Judas and then we will we'll come s- we'll back see. with the 10 club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tens, 10s across the board. 10s all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No pressure on anyone who has to... Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming Peter 10? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, 10. okay. Cool. That's what I was saying. It's like, if you give me yeah, a reason, it's not a 10. Yeah, no, I thought about it. I'm just like, I, I can't. Um, <laughs> give oh, me a negative. And I don't know if you guys notice any more, like, animal puns, but, like, yeah, we talked about the bear bartender, and there's, like, a camel that's smoking cigarettes. I did see Joe Camel. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, I put Joe Camel in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so art, yeah, I can't fault the art. Yeah. It's weird looking, but it's good. It's it weird, grows on me. It. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Honorable. Uh, Peter, what's your honorable mention for this week? My honorable mention is Captain America number one by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Because it's one issue so far, but damn, I'm already so into it. Does it have your coat seal of approval? It really does. I'm glad he's on Captain America now. Like, even in this first issue, you can already tell, like, okay, this is a 
book I'm gonna have to keep with. Shit's getting real. Does it feel like a radical departure? It does. No, it doesn't. But it feels like enough of a of a change and like an important one that it's something you need to keep reading about because it's post the whole Secret Wars thing. Hail Hydra. Yes, it's post that. <laughs> and it it starts off with Captain America fighting three guys who are like the descendants of Nuke. Um, with the like American flag on their faces. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they're like the like uber patriots, and they're fighting Captain America because they say he's captain of nothing. He betrayed America. Oh, interesting. And it's like yeah, and it goes from there. And read it, just read it. Okay. And there, are they saying he's captain of nothing because of the whole Hydra thing? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is why. Okay. Uh, recommended highly. Please read it. Support Tanahasi Coates' writing at all at all costs. Uh, Alex, what about you? What are your honorable mentions? Uh, my honorable mention still ties into Pride. Um, I was reading Princeless, Raven the Pirate Princess, which I kind of wish I would have had us read that. Uh, it's five volumes in. The first three are available on Comixology. Um, and in the whole Princeless series is basically uh, strong female characters who don't need no prince. Single female uh, lawyer. Having lots of sex. <laughs> um, but this one follows uh, an Asian pirate princess and kind of like her band of fellow female pirates. It sounds cheesy, but it's really, really well written and it's very sweet. Nice. Um, and her brothers have taken over uh, her dad instead of giving her. She was set to take over their pirate empire kind of thing. Um, and her dad gives it to her two good for nothing brothers. So she's trying to get her own fleet to take it back. Uh, do you know what it was published by or? Um, this is an indie, indie. Also, is this based off of the actual Asian pirate queen? Because there was a real person like that. Yeah, there was. Um, Actually, quite a lot of historical lady pirates when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. So this is by Action Lab Comics, which oh, okay. is a small imprint. Yeah, they're real small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they do all of the princeless stuff. There's a bunch of them but this one specifically I really like the artwork and I really like the story yeah if it's five volumes in it uh, it sounds like it's it's well established and yeah I've only read the first four um, I'm oh dang you're blasting through these yeah well I mean the first three were available on comiXology and I just went on a huge pride kick nice so I was just mm. scarfing up stuff uh, this one I, and I ended up buying four and five just because they're really quick fun reads so yeah Nice, Highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Trace? Um, one of my uh, honorable mentions is Incognito Renaissance Number Five. Um, I talked about oh. that during uh, our African American episode, the Black History Month episode. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, <laughs> I don't know why you said that. Our yeah, let's cut that out. <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> 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 our Black History episode, I talked about Number One. Um, this is Number Five, the conclusion of this miniseries. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it turned out to be a really interesting murder mystery, and it has a lot of things to say about privilege and circumstance. Um, like our main character is a light-skinned guy who can pass as white, and he feel he really feels this like I can get into places I shouldn't be just because of how we look, and like he'll walk in past uh, darker-skinned guys that are being denied interests, and like it, it's it's a really good five-issue miniseries. I I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, do you and, know? Oh, sorry. Oh, go go. Do you know if they're continuing the series or if this was just like this a, was a prequel miniseries? There's, oh, okay. there's a 
Incognito that came out several years ago that's its own I, I think it's wrapped up in one or two volumes now which I've only heard good things about I haven't read it but and this is Black Mask um, this is Dark Horse okay yeah um, I think the original series was was Vertigo and Karen Berger took or started this new series up when, uh, with Berger Brooks at Dark Horse Nice. Yeah. So uh, it's highly recommended. It's wrapped up. Um, I'm sure the volume one will be out very soon, but definitely worth a check out. And you would probably like it too, Alex, because it's got a lot of noir in it. Noir. No, noir. for sure. Noir. It reminds but, uh, me a little bit of, again, Fade Out. So. Yeah, it, it actually is. And maybe like Snagglepuss too, because it's set in like the theater. Yeah. Yeah. The theater and literary world of Harlem and New York at the time. During the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um. Oh, and I did, I, sorry, I should say like the main plot is that... Um, uh, a white author is trying to pass off the manuscript of a black author as his own. And white people hailing. have never done that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they're, they're like such a, such refreshing style. Like how brave of him to go into cover with these Negroes and live with them and figure out their lifestyle. You know, it's, it's one of those stories. Yeah. They're going into the wilderness with these savages. Yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Could have been attacked at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah. Good um, choices. Oh, I have one more. Sorry. No. Uh, highest house number five. Oh, how uh, is it? it? It is still going really well. Um, the time is kind of passing between certain issues. So now the characters are like a little bit older. Um, but he goes to talk to uh, the lady of the house again and she's betrothed to uh, another guy. You know, like uh, it's another it's a marriage of convenience to establish political. Yeah. Uh, political factions. But she's like, he knows how close how close I am to my handmaid and, and he keeps telling me I need to give her up when we get married. And she's like, I'm working on him subtly to try to convince him otherwise. But if he doesn't let me, I'll kill myself first. And she's like, we all have we all have our choices in life and we all have to know what her breaking point is and that's my point I'm out at that point mm. and uh, it's so it's, it's still going really well this is honestly like one of my favorite series that's really interesting series. yeah um, and it's number five, so volume, I'm, I'm assuming six will take us to the first volume. volume. one. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm definitely, I, I've been looking around the shops for it, and it's like a, who releases it? Because I haven't managed it's, to find it's it. It's IDW, so it's it's a relatively big publisher. I, like I went to House of Secrets and um, The Perky Nerd. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to wait until it's trade paperback and just grab it. Okay. And if not, they're available on Comixology too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I feel guilty because I've been switching over to paperless. Right. Um, I try to buy trades from the stores, but I do not have an iPad or any other. Oh like, yeah. Which makes it really upsetting to read digital comics. Yeah. yeah I, I only it. have my phone and it's no, not. Don't do that to your eyes. <laughs> well, I have to turn it sideways and blow it up and it's not fun. I'm glad that Peter let me use his iPad to read Snagglepuss, but like something like Isola, reading it on the phone just doesn't do it it's, justice. Yeah, it's, you're just doing a disservice to the artwork. Until phones yeah. are as big as iPads. Which, don't I mean, give them ideas. Pluses are, pluses are pretty big. Yeah. yeah. I don't big. have an iPhone, Tracy. <laughs> That's on you, I don't Alex. Have any Apple products. <laughs> Buying to Apple. I'm edge for Apple. You could have an Apple Watch <laughs> right now. I don't want an Apple Watch. God, I don't want Steve Jobs' ghost but watching me masturbate. you can play Pokemon Go Good. on your Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. Catch him. Good. Every time you eat meat, you think of Steve Jobs. And oh, Raise the middle finger. He was vegetarian. Was he? Well, he was a fruititarian. Oh, yeah. What the he fuck is that? He only fruit. That's, well... Yeah. It's anyway. part of the reason it didn't help his cancer. But yeah. he, he was also a, a wait diet. and see kind of guy when it came to that. So, yeah. 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 He thought he could just. Never mind. Pray Enough the gay, the Pray the gay away. It doesn't work. <laughs> 
Uh, should we get into some raise a glass? Let's do the raise a glass. Uh, Peter, what is your raise a glass? My raise a glass is actually to Hannah Gadsby, a stand-up comedian who just put on a Netflix special called Nanette. And I saw a clip from it on Facebook from like a few people, and I thought it was really funny. So I was like, I'll check that out. So me and Mary watched it a few days ago. And it's actually such a powerful piece of personal work. Like it's only half stand-up, and the rest of it is just this incredible social commentary and personal story of herself. Uh, it's, it's one of the my favorite things I've seen this year, oh, okay. actually. She's from Tasmania. Um, <laughs> uh, Sorry, the, the Tasmania theme song just popped into my head as soon as you said that. Fair actually, enough. mine the too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's a brilliant piece of social commentary. Yeah. Come to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. <laughs> we mean you. <laughs> but absolutely everybody should watch it if they get the chance. I think it's only like an hour and a half long anyway. And it's on Netflix, you and said? And it's on Netflix. Okay. It's called Nanette. And Peter warned me that I would love it if I didn't bother, if her accent didn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I like, both, yeah. why couldn't she have been New Zealander? I would have been all right. <laughs> a sweet New like, Zealand accent. Just fight through the accent. You would not regret watching. <sighs> just put it on mute with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't oh kill God. comedy at all. Oh, what if I just change it to like French or something yeah. like that and just subtitle it? I'm okay with that. <laughs> Je suis Tasmanian. Yeah. <laughs> Je suis une Tasmanian. Come to Tasmania. <laughs> Bienvenue à Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, uh, what was your raise of glass, Alex? Uh, so my raise of glass was to another Netflix show, but it's uh, a lot less powerful and more just fun. Ah. It's called Nailed It. I don't ah. know if you guys have seen it, but oh, season man. two came out. Seen all of it. Yeah, it's, I have not. I've been meaning to. It's genuinely just fun. It's good to have on the background. And Can Nicole Byers. Nicole Byers. Uh, yeah. A fucking delight. And Jacques Therese. I used to watch him on Food Network as a little kid. Well, I say little kid, but really like high school and middle school. We used to go to a friend of mine, Ruben's house. Uh, and during lunch, he lived literally across the street from our high school. So we used to <laughs> sneak out, go there for lunch, and watch Food Network while we were eating. <laughs> and he would have a chocolate show where he just did super fancy chocolate making. Ooh. So, yeah. Chocolate. Ultimate it's, Teenage Rebellion. Yeah. Sneaking out to watch cooking shows. To watch Food Network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that closet. <laughs> so nailed it. Super worth it. It was yeah. super worth it. That super crossover fun. crossover episode is yeah. a delight. Yeah, there's a, there's a Queer Eye crossover episode. Aww. So if you enjoyed Queer Eye, which I genuinely do. I haven't seen it. Oh, you monster. <laughs> Get ready to cry. <laughs> I cried at work several times because of I spent eye. my week listening to the Interview of the Vampire audiobook. God damn Why? it, Tracy. I want, it's been so long I want. to. Anne Rice to. doesn't need your money. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Trace? What's your razor glass? Uh, my razor glass. I'm back working in Hollywood after having not been there for like two years. And I missed my favorite restaurant, which is Murakami. Murakami uh, in Hollywood. is have been there. It is Peter. the single. <laughs> greatest it's the best sushi and fish you yeah, can get there they I have think. the sushi bowls are some of the greatest food the hamachikama yeah. is one of the oh my god their fish Yellow is incredible for the layman yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I, I went there uh, to lunch with a friend and I made him try some of the uh, the meat off the bone on the fish collar and like his eyes like lit up and he's like this is like ribeye and I'm like yeah it is it's a game changer yeah like that place and Mr. Murakami is a delight yes and and so are all and of the so servers. And so is everyone that works yeah. there. Yeah. They're Do they all hug like you? Sweethearts. Oh, actually, it was a new server when I went. Uh, yeah. 
because last time I went, she hugged me because she remembered me. Yeah. And she goes, Diet Aww. Coke? Yeah, my first visit <laughs> back, she was like, oh, it's been so long. And she was yeah. asking about you. I'm like, oh, no, we're all working in different places now. And she was yeah. like, oh. it, best place ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in Hollywood, Murakami. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Do, it. Do yourself Order a favor. Or any of the fish. One yeah. day, maybe. Any of the food. We'll go it's, next week, Peter. We'll all do right. this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening now. Right before Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fish. It's healthy. Raise a glass. We have a special announcement before we go. Uh, yeah, on our next episode. It's a very special uh, comic potluck goes to Comic-Con. Minus Alex. <laughs> You'll be there in spirit. We'll give yeah. you plenty of shout outs. Yeah. yeah. And I'm hoping that you can get some swag for me. Yes. <laughs> we will try. Depending a, on lines. There's a really cool Bob's Burgers Funko that I'm dying oh, for you. Oh, oh I don't know about that. <laughs> Look, <laughs> do it. I don't care if you got to miss panels. Dude, I was walking I know, by the Fox booth uh, one year and they were giving away Louise hats. Oh my God. I think. No, no, no. And it's almost started a riot. Yeah. Like the girl next to me was like, I just need one. I just need one. Like she was on the verge of tears and I'm like, what's going like, yo, you can buy one on, on Geek. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Funko. This is Funko. So hope, no, no, um, it's fucked. Dude. The Funko oh. line is like three miles. The, I know. That Funko corner is like a no man zone. You can never get in. All the guards chase you away. Maybe yeah. if you go to preview night, it might be I will, a little bit better. They sent out the like online thing for like skip the lines and yeah. go to the store which I appreciate because yeah. I definitely signed up for all the Funko slots I don't know if I'll get any but we'll see Godspeed Peter Godspeed Peter <laughs> all the Funko and Lego spots I took them all <laughs> yeah yeah so make sure you stay tuned for that episode um, yeah it'll be fun I'm looking forward yeah, to this it'll be I think what we're planning to do is uh, just recap every day at night and just upload <clears throat> the shit out of it without Hopefully editing. I'm awake and not in like <laughs> pain from walking around the floor all day. Yeah, that's why we're... Did it, we're or doing a hot, editing. sweaty, like burnt mess just from walking around so long. feelings of the day. Recap, yeah. trailer, announcements, things like that. It's going to be like that scene in uh, the... What's that witch movie? The Witch? The Craft. No. <laughs> the Witches? Great movie. No, no, yeah, no. The Witches. Um, yeah. The one in the forest. The Witch? The Blair Witch Project? Blair Witch. Oh, okay. yeah. It's just going to be you guys like, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm so scared. There were so many people. I couldn't find John. And he said he would hold my hand. But he's gone. Aaron got trampled three hours ago. Yeah. Somebody stole my bag of swag. Yeah. I had the Funkos for you. I had the Funko and they took it. They left me with the 20. It cost 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you guys coming back every week. Also, please check out our co- uh, also, please check out our website, comicpotluck.com. We can find all our episodes and links to your favorite podcast format, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also link to our Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook page there, too. Also, feel free to email us with comments and suggestions of books you want us to read at comicpotluck at gmail.com. And remember, guys, we're all a part of each other's continuity, so let's try and be kind to each other. Bye! Bye! Bye. Raise a no. Oh shit! Really? Oh, shit. Really? 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 I was looking you were at me. I was, as I was counting. I was getting my. I was looking at the screen. We made eye contact. <laughs> I, I we made fucking eye contact, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>